Revolution.org podcast 584. Do you need a pro card becoming an IFBB professional? So this is a really fun one. This is one that uh, Mobster got this question in from a couple people. And uh, people are really interested in this topic. And I know Mobster has a lot of opinions on this one. So, you know, and I'll, I'll just start by saying this. You know, I from what guys have been saying, you know, pro card today doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. And I'm not sure if it's a trend that comes and goes in bodybuilding or if it's just something where, look, they just I've I've heard from bodybuilders. They just they get you, you know, once you're a pro card, now you got to pay fees. So now they get you on these fees. So it's almost like counterproductive to become a pro card from some people. Other people have said, no, I really want to get a pro card. Others have said, look, I, I got a pro card. I don't think I really deserve to get a pro card. But the competition that I went to, this person and that person and that person didn't show up. So basically, I got first place. You know, because three, four people that I know are better than me because I see them at the gym. I've trained with them. We've posed together. We've done other competitions. I know that they're better than me, but they didn't show up. And I could see where that's coming from because, you know, I've competed in powerlifting. I've competed in endurance sports. And sometimes you you get there and one, you know, one dude who's in your age group category or in your weight class doesn't show up. Maybe they got sick. Maybe they're out of town. Maybe something happened. Maybe they're injured. They didn't show up. And I'm like, damn, I got this shit done. But had they shown up, I'd be put, I'd be going for second place. So I've heard that from bodybuilders too. So Momster, this is this is a topic you wanted to talk about. So I'll bring you in early on this. What do you think about those points first? Yeah, I mean, there's I've actually seen a recent argument to be made. I think Branch Warren and a few other guys were sitting around drinking beers and cigars, and the video camera was rolling. And he did a great story about how him and Johnny Jackson are doing a seminar at a gym. And there was a bunch of other people there with pro cards. And the gym owner, the person that was running the, the show, so to speak, said, please introduce yourself. And there was a bunch of people that had had pro cards in different classes, classic physique, figure, and so on and so forth. But they wasn't well known. So they had to introduce themselves, say who they was, talk about the competition they'd won and if they'd won any other competitions and so on. And when they got to Branch, he says, you know who I am, I'm Branch Warren. And people started clapping. And this is my friend Johnny, you know who Johnny is. And he said, look, it was the value in his mind of having to say who you were and having to almost to say that you've got a pro card. And we've seen this on Instagram where people put, up, you know, NABA Pro, WABA Pro, IFBB Pro, whatever, afterwards. And I would literally, even now, Steve, and I follow the sport and I still get the occasional magazine that still exists and I still watch some of the online stuff, I would have to go and look at them. I don't know who you are. I don't even know what class you're in. So, you know, it's a value thing. If Steve also mentioned, and this is very true, people think you get the pro card and that's it. It's not. The year that you win it, the time that you win it, it's free. You put all the time and effort and whatever else in to, to get to that stage, to get to that condition, to be awarded first place or even sometimes second or third place, but they give you the pro card. That's probably the only year you don't pay for it, Steve. It used to be $100 a year. I believe it's $250 a year. Now, I've talked about how it costs money just to get the tan at the venue because you can only use the venue's tanning. You have to do a bunch of other things, so it can easily cost someone that wants to be a pro, never mind as a pro, 
that wants to be a pro, and I've actually talked about this with members on the forum who do compete, it can easily cost minimum $500 to $1,000 just to be standing there on fucking stage, Steve, and you're not making a bean. And here's another thing, and something that I think is a big point, so we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of my argument. Getting a pro card doesn't mean you're going to make any money. Steve and I, without going into the ins and outs of a dog's ass as far as what we make, make money from doing what we do. I have been paid to compete, Steve. My very first competition ever in grip, I was in what was loosely defined as the pro class. We weren't getting any money. So it was the open class. But because myself and the other two competitors that are in the open class had done something that none of the other grip guys in the United Kingdom had done, we were considered a level above everybody else. It took me a long time and, of course, a little bit of a sort of mental shift to start thinking about the value of what I was doing. I've talked about how I've been paid to do exhibitions, go to Body Power, the Arnold Classic, and the Olympia exhibition would be something similar. So here in the United Kingdom, Body Power, when it was still around, and other events where I've been paid to attend. My hotel's been paid for, my transport's been paid for, my food's been paid for, and then I've had money to put in my pocket at the end of the weekend. I've been paid to referee as a quote-unquote professional, and I don't have a pro card for my sport. Equally, you can get a pro card and think you're going to make money, and you don't. So one of the points I made in my notes, Steve, was can you be a pro without a pro card? And also, and I'll address this as well, how important it is as a measure of you as an athlete, let's say as a bodybuilder, to be seen to achieve it. So in the first example, the short answer is no, you don't need a pro card to make money. You can be a PT, you can be a gym owner, you can own a supplement company, you can do podcasts, you can do exhibition work. I sold an ebook back in the day, Steve, that was making me a couple of thousand dollars a year for two years on the trot before that kind of fell off. Uh, I had a supplement company that was selling protein. We made a few quid, not a great amount of money because I wasn't really working as hard as I could have done on it, but we was making money selling supplements. Uh, as I said, I've been paid to do exhibition work. I have literally been paid to do articles. I have been paid or won prizes uh, to a monetary value for writing essays. I think that was a muscular development and so on and so forth. So arguably, there could be someone out there with a pro card waiting for the work to line up. And I've gone out and got the work and been paid, and there's no such thing as a pro card in the grip sport. I've also, just to, to give you an example, because of the, what I've managed to achieve here in the UK and in Europe, that got me an invite. I had literally to put in my quote-unquote lifting CV to the Arnold Mighty Mitts 2010. Uh, so I competed on stage at the Arnold because they recognised that I was of a level uh, as an athlete, uh, the same as you would in Strongman, uh, to that you go over there and these things happen. So you don't need a pro card to be a pro. You don't need the pro card to make a living. Now, this is the other side. If a pro card existed in grip sport, the same as it does in bodybuilding, and to a lesser degree getting paid and having attendance fees, etc., covered as a strongman, because there's no pro card really in Strongman. There was an organisation, but again, you didn't actually have a card. You wasn't listed in a particular number. There's a certain level of recognition. 
And I think sometimes, because we've got a couple of members who compete, who have great physique, Steve, and you can think of a couple of names that I know who, who want to get a pro card. And I think for them, it's recognition of the time and effort. Now, if you are dieting for 16 fucking weeks, if you are barely being sociable, if the training, especially as you get towards the end of the depleted part of your competition uh, approach, is, is, is I've done stuff like this, Steve. It's super tiring. Your bones ache. You're not really communicating or having a social life. Your relationships need work sometimes because you're so focused and you're so tired and everything aches and all that kind of stuff. And then, like I said, you are spending money to attend the event. Sometimes there's an entry fee. And then you've got the tanning stuff that I've mentioned. There's other things that you can't use outside of the venue. It has to be done there. And, and then there's without the membership of the association or federation that you're competing in. Easily, easily $1,000 to maybe get third and just miss out on that pro card. So the argument then becomes, I want what I've done to be recognized. I want the effort that I've put in, the time I've put in, the stress and strain of my relationships and all the other stuff, not talking to my kids, like I said, everything to be recognized. And obviously that involves beating the other competitors. It involves you on top of the podium with the first place trophy. And oh my God, it's taken me 10 fucking years to get to this place of time. I get that. That I get. But even then, the recognition is a thing in and of itself. You don't suddenly stop your day job. I'll give you an example, Steve, changing the subject slightly, but I had the opportunity many years ago, practically from leaving school, just after, I think a couple of years after I left school, so I'm age 18, to go and maybe apply for and get a gym instructor job in the financial part of London, the Corporation District of London. And the wages would have been less than I was about to earn in my second or my third job. Half, in fact, Steve. So I would have been doing my dream job, but for half the salary of what I was earning elsewhere. It made no sense to me whatsoever to be recognized as someone that can coach or teach weightlifting or bodybuilding to be a gym instructor for half my salary. Now, some of our listeners and some of the members on the forum are very smart, clever, high-performing individuals. Arguably, sometimes that comes from the fact that they lift weights and that focus and that energy goes into their job and their careers and their lives and so on. So there will be at least one member on our forum who's on a six-figure, if not six, $100,000, $150,000, a year. I guarantee it. It would make zero sense for them to win a, say, classic physique pro card in a federation that they've we've never heard of and then earn no extra money whatsoever being a classic physique pro. So you have to weigh those things up. Is it a recognition of your time and effort, which I do understand, or is it going to be something that you make money from? Now, on our forums, we do have a pro. He won a pro card with Wabber. Wabber's not one of the bigger federations, but it has been around a long time. And I'm familiar with it enough to recognize that that has some value. Now, in his example, he works hard, and I can think of a few reasons to, to back that up, to be a professional bodybuilder. 
there's a few things I could argue to toss about, but he travels around the world two or three times a year to venues like FIBO in Germany. He has worked for clothing companies within the industry. Just a couple of years ago, I think he was a brand ambassador. And more recently, in between that time and now, he has represented brands, which meant he stood at the table for a company selling supplements and been paid to do so. There will be other things that he gets as a reason for being a pro that makes him a professional bodybuilder, whether that's PED support or whatever else. So arguably, he has to put time and effort in above and beyond what it, getting that pro card. And this is the thing I think is important. If you think a pro card is recognition for your time and effort, fine. Don't need to renew it next year. You've done it. You've got the gold medal. You've won the Olympics. You've won that race. But if being a, a pro card holder is about financial uh, rewards, it's about constant recognition, you have to work at it. You and I have talked about Instagram and social media. There are people on social media who've never competed. Never. They do not have a pro card. They've never stood on stage unless they were handing out a fucking trophy, Steve, as an athlete that was competing. And one or two of those people are on seven figures, a million dollars a year, because they know how to market. They are literally doing every single day by themselves or with a team exactly what top professional bodybuilders do. Now, let me give you one more example. And I've mentioned this buddy now. Now, my buddy now has got it down pat. But back in the day, I earned more as a non-card holder, professional, whatever you want to call it. I'd arguably be I was a pro. I just didn't have a pro card. In his first year as a professional, world's strongest man competitor. That's the athlete that he was. He's got a lot better since then, earns probably a great deal more from the sport than I do now. But at the time, his first year. Now, Steve, here's the thing. Bro. At the level that he was at, he was on TV. And World's Strongest Man in those days had viewing figures of 200 million viewers that sometimes were repeat viewings, sports bars, and so on and so forth. 200 million viewers a year watched the World's Strongest Man. It's bigger than that now. But that's what it was in those days. No TV company, no cable company was putting grip competitions on. But because I had put my efforts into being paid for the sport, for being recognised, for getting free shit sent to me because I could test it out. Videos and DVDs for my magazine, grippers for when I was doing the grip stuff, asked to do exhibitions and so on and so forth. I think I earned uh, something like 7000 the same year that he earned 5000 And it was literally because my mindset was more pro card holder, professional, uh, pushing myself out there and making sure that my value was appreciated. And that's exactly what it should be for the time and effort you guys are putting in. So here's the thing, right? If you compete and you just want to get the, the, the laurel wreath, the gold medal of the pro card as a recognition of your fabulous physique and of the time and effort, and that's fine. But if a pro card means being a professional bodybuilder or a professional athlete in any sport, you have to do the work. Steve and I will write show notes and prep for these podcasts. It is not something we do just randomly. We have to prepare. That makes us professionals in the, our approach and our preparation, never mind if we get paid or don't get paid. 
we have to understand how the metrics work for YouTube and whether or not the podcasts we're doing are popular or not popular. We, we want to put them on a variety of channels. All of those things are what a professional podcaster does. And we don't need a pro card that says that we are podcasters to do so. It all comes down to your approach. Guys, honestly, go out and get your pro card if it's really, really important. But don't give up that six-figure day job if you think that having a pro card is going to make you a million bucks. What do you think on all that, Steve, including the approach? Yeah, so, I mean, I looked it up and um... – you know, is this accurate? It might not be, but I'm getting a number of 200 a year. So your pro card, once you acquire your pro card, you have to pay for all the competitions to try to get it. And then once you get it, now you got to pay 200 a year. So let's say you get it at 30 years old. And for the next 40 years, you're going to pay that yearly membership. It's going to add up to about a hundred grand that you're shelling out just to say, yeah, I have a pro card. So you got to keep, it's almost like you've got to keep paying it just to, Keep your pro card because if you don't pay it, it gets taken away. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of go ahead. Yep. Right. So I just remembered, and I, I let me give the listeners uh, some inside information. We have locally, and I've mentioned it before, James Llewellyn. James Llewellyn is a former until very recently uh, IFBB pro bodybuilder, pro card holder, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. Uh, he will now be the wrong side of 40 years of age. 41, 42, 43. I think he had his birthday, uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, 40th birthday. Maybe his 50th, I'm not sure. Long story short, he's thinking of competing again in the New Year's Day, PCA, different federation. So how did James do? I know the numbers, and I don't know if James would necessarily appreciate it, but it doesn't matter because he's had a lot more money since for other reasons. Back in the day, as a professional bodybuilder, I believe he was contracted for a while by CMP, his best year with CMP was £13,000. It's about $16,000, $17,000 as a fucking professional bodybuilder, Steve. So less than, never mind now, than the average UK salary. Now, one of the reasons he was able to make a sum living at that particular time, and now to a lesser degree, he's much more limited now because he can be, um, he has no more than 12 clients. But back in the day, he might have had more. But it wasn't a stupid amount because it's just a crazy amount of work. And I know that he would charge, because there was actually a huge debate about what he was charging, public knowledge, and he posted this himself on his uh, Facebook. I think it was like £700, somewhere between five and £700. 700 seems to ring a bell for a 16-week prep to get you on stage and in the condition that you want it to be, he would charge that amount of money. And that is phone calls, that's consultations, that's going over your pictures, getting you to pose. I've seen people come to the gym and he would sit low down like a judge and they'd stand up near the mirrors and he would be looking up at their physique like a referee or a judge is about to do for a competition and getting to do the turns and telling you what to do with pose. And I've seen him coaching people like that as well. So that's where he was earning some money. It might be £50 for an hour as work just in terms of coaching and so on and so forth. The working with the supplement company would have involved, for example, like myself, body power, et cetera, et cetera. And there were other reasons that he was making money doing other bits and pieces. But ultimately, he would have been earning, I'm going to say, perfectly respectable, about £40,000 a year, gross. Uh, but that was him doing the work. That's him coaching. That's him doing competition prep. That's him putting his name out there. 
in terms of what he was making as a pro in terms of sponsorship, less than the average salary. In terms of prizes won, standing on stage, winning a class, winning a competition, and I've seen him do this many, many years ago, fuck all. Literally nothing, Steve. I, I, I think I was at one competition where the, there was, between him and another person who could be the most ripped, and the other guy won because he was that much drier and won a sword, and, and, and James did not. But as a person that was putting himself out there, he had to work. At some point, he decides that the pro card, the IFBB pro card, isn't worth it anymore. And I believe, I thought it was $250, but even if it's $200, Steve, it would no longer be worth him competing. First off, because he was of an age where he was fast getting to the point where the 212 and under, which he would have been competing in class, was that much bigger, that much taller and bigger, heavier, because he's a shorter bodybuilder, that it just literally would be no chance of placing in the money. Uh, secondly, possibly recognition from the sport, etc., so on and so forth. So literally, it is a business-like approach that makes a person, and I'm going to use this, a professional, whereas a pro card is literally, arguably, a badge of honour. So, you know, I mean, look, there are, I, when I've done exhibition work, Steve, we've had exhibition girls that have been hired from an agency that look a certain particular way, i.e. that they fit and in shape. And they're getting paid sometimes 100, I think it was a few years ago, but 200 pounds a day, perfectly decent daily salary. to stand there and look nice in a bikini, in, in, in a leotard, in, in a swimsuit. They are getting paid to be there look, looking good. And that is essentially what sometimes it is about as a professional. Now, obviously, this is what also is important to say. If you was a professional bodybuilder and you didn't have any 8P10s, how much money are you going to make taking pictures of people standing next to you on their iPhones? Nothing. Selling 8 by 10 it's $10. I have seen Ronnie Coleman, literally seen Ronnie Coleman. I was on the stand. Ronnie arrived late. Late in the uh, Saturday afternoon, which was the last day of the uh, uh, exhibition. Uh, and I think he came in two hours before the door shut. And the, and the queue was halfway to the doors. And he had this like Ziploc pouch thing, Steve, that's a little bit bigger than a book, A4 size. And it was rammed with money. It was just money being pushed into there. That was for the 8 bit 10s So literally, he came there, probably earned 10,000 quid, $12,000, in two hours, selling, or three, four hours, selling 8 by 10s That is the, he probably did something in the morning or something in the afternoon and then turned up the exhibition. Literally, guys will tell you that if you're a professional bodybuilder, exhibition work might be every single weekend. Seminars might be every single weekend. So it's a job of work just to travel and compete and eat and get in your training, to do the videos that guys put out now on YouTube, which makes you money. What Larry Wills does, I explained this the other day. I said Larry Wills is just now won his pro card. But for years, he's been training at Dubai gyms, etc. And people think that's a great life, but the reality is that he looks great on camera for the two hours that they film. The video gets edited down to 30 minutes. That takes hours. Getting to do the collaboration is work via emails and phone calls and so on and so forth. And even until recently, and I don't think it's changed, he was given the money that YouTube paid for the videos to his videographer and making money from the Larry Wills products that were being sold. So 
what looks like a great lifestyle, pro lifestyle, etc., on camera is in reality 12 fucking hours a day. There are times when Steve and I have to do a lot of work in a relatively short period of time. It is fun, but it's still work. And being a pro card holder doesn't guarantee you that lifestyle. Being willing to travel, being willing to work, being just, here's an example, Steve, and let me use one more analogy before I bring you back in. You could go out and win the Mr. Olympia tomorrow. You could have the world's greatest physique, literally mind-blowing. Steve and I would do a show on you. Oh, my God, have you seen this guy? Nick Zilla is the one that everybody's talking about right now, Steve. What if you can't talk? What if you're uncomfortable in front of crowds off the stage? What if you can't do seminars because you stutter, because you struggle with public speaking? How, how comfortable are you beyond demonstrating your fantastic physique if you can't shake hands and put an arm across the shoulder of someone at a, 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 a exhibition for a photograph? How comfortable are you pushing and promoting products that belongs to a supplement company who's got you under contract? If you Guys, listen, you need to have a professional approach. Doesn't mean you need a pro card. I like the idea of our forum members and the listeners to this podcast absolutely love the idea that at some point, some of you will go out and win a show, get first place, either win a pro card because you got first place or be offered a pro card because you are put in the work and your physique, your efforts have been outstanding. Remember this, a pro card will not define you above and beyond recognition of the work that you put in. If you want to make a living, if you want to be successful, then your approach has to include some of the things that I've mentioned. I'll just cover this very quickly. If you want to do the Olympia or the Arnold Expo and you're working for a supplement company, a supplement company contracts are not as good as they used to be, Steve, but let's imagine you're on a six-figure contract, $100,000 a year you will be required to attend the Arnold, amongst other things. You will be required to compete a certain number of times a year. This is a given, otherwise you're not going to get the six-figure six figure contract renewed. You need to be comfortable shaking hands, picking up babies, smiling, and doing all the things when you're tired, when you're irritable, when you want to be at the gym, at the exhibition. Sometimes in a day, it's been, I've done it, Steve, it's a 10 on 11-hour day. I have had to hide in the toilets in the men's room to eat my lunch at one of the first ones I ever did because people were coming up to me so much, kind of excited that we were doing what we were doing and the little shows we were putting on, so on and so forth, that they wanted to talk to me even when I was eating my food. So the only way I could eat my food was to hide in the fucking men's room in the cubicle. Not the most hygienic of places, Steve, and eat my sandwiches and have my drink in there just to have a half hour also to save my voice. I like talking, Steve, but 10 hours without a break is going to fuck your throat up, and I've got to do the exhibition the next day. That's why you sometimes see professional bodybuilders behind the stand of food, someone going to get stuff. It is not always fun, but if you are comfortable talking to people, if you are comfortable putting yourself out there, if you are what we would genuinely talk about as being a professional, it is beyond having a pro card. It is a great recognition for you as an athlete to win that 
because it shows the time and the effort and fantasticness of your physique and the genetics and everything else involved. Before I finish off, Steve, have you got anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, and you know, really quick, I think people will see this title and they'll want to know another another kind of view of this. Do you need a pro card? Do you need to be an IFBB professional to have any type of standard in the industry or, or to show that you're knowledgeable? And look, at the end of the day, I'll ask people this question. Professional athletes, NFL, NBA, NHL, any of these sports leagues, you don't see players be coaches, okay? They have their own coaches coaching them. And these coaches, most of them, never play professional sports um, at that level, okay? And, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, some of the best coaches have never played. I mean, John Cooper in the NHL, for example, a lot of you say, well, Steve, I'm in Canada. I know NHL. Most NHL coaches were former players. That is true. But then I'll say John Cooper, he never played in the NHL. The guy never played, but he's a gifted coach. There's a difference between it being a great coach and being knowledgeable on this shit and actually having the genetics to go out there and be a performer. It's the same thing in film industry. Every they, You watch a movie. I, when I was a kid, I used to watch a movie, and then I wouldn't understand the credits. You'd have these credits with like hundreds of names going on the screen at the end of the movie. And it's like, why? what are all these names for? The actors, those three, four main actors, those are the ones who should get credit for the movie. But little do you know that behind the scenes, there's hundreds of other people who made that movie possible. Up from the producers and the directors, all the way down to the cameramen, all the way down to the people who do the makeup, do the set, people who work on the set, the, the, the carpenters, the people who are you know moving things around. There's all kinds of people who who work on that movie so there's more to bodybuilding than just like go on stage and posing and, and boom you're done there's a lot of coaching arnold in his prime frank zane up to now big rami hottie all these guys they have coaches and their coaches did not necessarily you know did not necessarily compete at the highest levels you know themselves and you would want to be wary of someone who did i would want someone who was more knowledgeable than someone who actually went and did it, I would want a little bit of both. I would want someone with the experience, but I want the person with the experience of putting people on stage and being successful. I wouldn't just want someone, yeah, I was number five at Mr. Olympia five years ago. Hire me as your coach and I'll get you where you want to go. Well, that person themselves had a coach helping them with their posing and their diet and pushing them along. So there's a lot more to it than just saying, yeah, a pro card gives you any type of credibility because it may not necessarily do that. That's all. But let us know what you think in the comments for sure. Mobster, finish us off. Please note, we're not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.